0: Welcome to Film Betty's episode four. Yes, hello. We made it to a fourth episode. Which Congratulations! Is
1: cool. yes. And the guest
0: co-host this
1: episode's Marissa. And Marissa, if you want to tell us about yourself. Oh my gosh, hello! Um, first of all, I'm really happy to be on this podcast. Um, I think Tuesday you're doing a great thing, and it's really wonderful to have these discussions around. Um, like these more of a female centric or or female identifying centric discussion around movie history which I mean I'm sure you've covered this but it seems to be always skewed towards men so I'm Mm -hmm. really honored to be here and I was really happy when you reached out to me to do, to do that, do this. So thank you. <laughs> so I'm gonna. Yeah, I've had some. I've had a bit to drink, so my diction is a little off. Right
0: now, oh, no, it's all right. <laughs> but the passion. I usually. There. <laughs> I usually get halfway through before I'm like, I, my sentences are not coming out the way that my brain is telling my mouth to say them. But that's what happens when you talk after a while. <laughs> um. But you're an actress and producer.
1: Yes, yes. I'm an actor and producer here in New York City, based in New York. Um, I work on the East Coast, and I have roots in L.A. as well, so I fly out there every now and then. I've been producing, the last thing I produced was a theater show up in Provincetown, Massachusetts. Uh, that, was, that was really cool, and it's a beautiful spot up there. And I produced short films, and acting-wise, um, I focus mainly on film, although my roots are in theater also. But I love, I love film. It's, I grew up watching (laughs) movies all the time and I just love them so much. So to be a part of that process, the storytelling process as a career, it's just everything I could dream about, you know?
0: Mm -hmm. Great point to transition to this episode, which is on romantic comedies and a lot of like their cliches and tropes, some of which are probably more harmful to younger women than others. And then also we'll just talk about, like, what our favorite ones are. Because I yes. watched a new one last night that I had never seen before. And it made me very happy to watch.
1: Wait, but it's called but what was Down it? Can you we can as, we talk about that now? Uh, Julia Wait, I mean, we won't go into detail. We'll save it for...
0: Yes. No, it's fine. <gasps> it was called Down to You. And it stars Julia Styles and Freddie Prince Jr. And... I just really liked, I had expected it to follow a lot of these tropes and was like trying to write down which ones, you know, they cover. They did a pretty good job not doing them. Even at the end, you think there's going to be an airport scene, but they don't ever make it to the airport. Like they just, she hops in a cab to the airport and gets out a second later. And I'm like, okay, so you're like slowly thwarting the tropes that I was thinking I was going to catch here. So that was neat. That's. Oh, I'll check that out. I didn't, and it's Julia Stiles. I love her.
1: <laughs> yeah, she's great. I didn't. I didn't watch that, but I watched "Isn't It Romantic," which is
0: oh, yes. yeah,
1: all about like make poking fun at the tropes. We'll, we'll talk about that mm-hmm. later. I'm like, oh my yeah. god, let's
0: talk about like everything we watched
1: already. But <laughs>
0: we're gonna be like two hour episode. <laughs> Um, so we'll start with, like, the basic difference between tropes and cliches. I also printed this because I need a general guide, otherwise I get way off track. Um, I took notes, too. I'm like, <laughs> let me make
1: sure I say, like, I, I. you can already tell I go off on, like, millions of tangents, so.
0: I do, too. That's why I have to print it, and then I, like, cross off when I get through points that I want to cover. Otherwise, you know, I'll, I'll end the podcast session and realize, oh, my gosh, I didn't cover like, three things that I wanted. Oh, and that's, like, the worst do, feeling, you know? right?
1: Because you're like, ah, oh, no. <laughs> You're
0: like, the whole reason I did this was to cover these facts. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, a trope is a figurative or metac- metaphorical use of a word or expression, while a cliché is a phrase or opinion that is overused and betrays a lack of original thought. And I really liked the latter half of that, is, like, betrays a lack of original thought, which is... You know, it's tried and true. It's lazy. Um, Those definitions came from the Oxford Dictionary. So I thought it
1: was funny they threw a little shade (laughs) the dictionary. Exactly. Because that's when I was like doing the research, watching all these romantic comedies, the great ones that have stood the test of time and ones that have kind of not done well in the box office. Mm. Right. You see the ones that are great there's an honesty to them and they Mm -hmm. may sometimes every now and then follow a trope or a cliche, but maybe more of a trope because it's just
0: right. Okay. It doesn't feel bored, boring or overdone. Yeah.
1: Like for example, Moonstruck. I love that movie. And
0: (laughs) I really did not like it.
1: (laughs) I I (laughs) know. I saw what you had to say about Nick Cage. I will say, I thought he was. Cheer was damn great. sexy in that movie. <laughs> I think like, I was like, I why am I attracted to his look? <laughs> oh my I, God. I thought he was hot. Yeah. <laughs> I was just also that part was perfect for him. He's just crazy. Like his character's just yeah, crazy. But I
0: couldn't tell. Like, is this the way the character is written, or is this how he felt the character should be performed? And I don't know what the answer is. I don't know if the character was that crazy before he came or if it like, was always intended to
1: be like that. I mean, it, it worked. Um, so what I like to do is watch movies with closed captioning so I can mm-hmm. see the words and the way the actors saying them. And yeah. I just remember that one line where he's like, all I do all day is bake bread, bread, bread. <laughs> and I'm just... I'm like reading that as an actor. I was like, "How in the really? fuck would I say that?" <laughs> like, right. Man, he, I think
0: that was when I realized, like, I don't trust him now as an actor because I'm
1: seeing how melodramatic he is. Oh, he's not. Yeah, he's. <laughs> yeah, there are other things <laughs> where I'm like, Ugh. yeah.
0: <laughs> but it was good, and I love share, and
1: it's great. Yeah, and that movie does have a cliche of a makeover in a sense, mm-hmm. but. I think what made me forgive the movie for that was I felt like she wanted to do that for herself, not right. for him. You know what I mean? Right. Like, mm-hmm. it. What, nobody told her to get a makeover. She, this is about a woman, a 37-year-old woman who's a widow who has maybe, mm-hmm. not, not that, like, she has gray hairs in the beginning and she dresses kind of masculine, you would mm-hmm. say, which... Well, and that'll be another discussion for later too, because I have comments on that. But um, <laughs> but then she's like, okay, maybe I want to like feel good, and if th- this mm-hmm. is how I'm going to do it by getting my hair and nails done and putting on some lipstick, no mm-hmm. one told her to do it, right? Like she's starting right? to feel good about herself, so that's why I could mm-hmm. kind of forgive it in that. Like instance.
0: she wants her insides, I guess, to match her outsides in those in that moment exactly exactly Um, and i think we also see that she i get. i don't want to say it's like settling for the older guy like the guy her age but she seems like yeah sure this works like he's nice to me and he listens to me so
1: yeah and especially after how like if you've been through a lot of like bs honestly sometimes you're just Mm -hmm. like yeah, I don't want to, like, I'm tired. <laughs> I'm tired yeah. of, like, the drama and the disappointment and the sadness. This guy's nice. <laughs> you know, why, why not? Yep. Like, yeah, totally. And she had those fears. Of She said
0: that, like, everyone she falls in love with dies. So I guess, you know, he's a safer option. Maybe he won't die because she's just, she's not totally in love with him. She's just like, yeah, sure.
1: yeah. And then she meets his younger brother, Nick Cage, yep. who. <laughs> I- Sorry, bread one. I like, he is hot in this movie. <laughs> like- oh my god! Like shows up in like a tank top and like smudged with like ash and all sweaty. Oh I man! Like-
0: <gasps> he looked like he was more of a railroad, like a railroad, like furnace worker than a bread baker. <laughs> That, that yes. was a bit
1: dramatic for baking bread. <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> like in, the, in some some
1: dungeon baking bread, yeah. Yes, but it, it's just, but I guess what makes that movie work, I mean, first of all, Cher is incredible. She, mm-hmm. every, every inch deserved that Oscar for that. She, yeah, she was great.
0: I was also like, oh man, she looks so good all the time. How does she manage that?
1: Yeah. Well, I guess
0: money, but
1: <laughs> money <laughs> helps. And when you're in an industry yeah. that kind of depends on a woman to look good, also, It's yeah. like part of the part of the process, at least back then, mm-hmm. for sure. So, um, right. and yeah, I guess with that movie. Sorry, what were we talking about? I feel like that was a lot of tangents. I'm like, what was the <laughs> yeah, first
0: question? Um, we were talking about uh, how she meets Nick Cage, and like she I guess rediscovers like passion
1: yes yes it's and it's all a timeline of like two days right yeah which mm-hmm. is crazy and what I love is the side <laughs> stories in that movie like <laughs> I'm like losing my mind over here but like
0: why is he obsessed with the opera <laughs> I I, it's like, I have two
1: there's two things I love you and the opera <laughs>
0: like what is happening with this movie it's man
1: i, I mean I, I, with movies i always like to look at the writer first then mm. the director um the writer's john patrick shanley who is primarily known as a playwright and i don't uh, okay yeah he didn't direct the opera it. yes <laughs> his plays are very they're they're like that a lot where oh, okay his characters are like characters Mm -hmm. And even, like, you see in the supporting cast in Moonstruck, everyone's so fully fleshed out and so well-written. And what's interesting about this movie is her parents, um, Cher's character's parents, have their own storyline going, too. Like, her father Mm -hmm. is cheating on her mother. Mm -hmm. And this was the first time I saw a movie where I actually understood cheating, also. Mm. if that makes sense normally like growing up as a teenager i remember being like if anyone ever cheats on me he's fucking dead can i swear (laughs) on this podcast (laughs) it's okay if you do (laughs) (laughs) but as you get older there's just you just understand the nuance as like it's just Mm. you feel compassion for the person cheating Mm. this is the first movie that's done that for me and maybe the only one i still think never allowed (laughs) Oh, for sure. For sure. I mean like like, disclaimer, not this I'm like I I feel compassion, it doesn't mean like please don't do that to me. (laughs) Exactly. It's like I can understand it, but don't you ever fucking do that to me. But
0: But they showed it in a more human humanistic way instead of like someone's like, Oh, I'm just bored in this relationship or Exactly want out and I'm not brave enough to say it. Yeah.
1: Exactly, which would be a cliche, Mm -hmm. which is lazy writing. I'm bored, I'm Mm -hmm. gonna cheat okay, but mm-hmm. why? Why are right. you bored? Why are you choosing to mm-hmm. cheat out of your boredom? You know, it's mm-hmm. just all those questions that this movie really beautifully brings to life. And I think that's what makes this movie special too. Not just the mm-hmm. shared Nick Cage relationship, but just everything <laughs> going on around Yeah. It. it was also
0: nice that it's like so New York and it's from the 80s. Oh
1: so
0: my God, the big hair. <laughs> fun to see like the city, you know, uh 30 something years ago it's good times yeah
1: it's sorry right. there's like a lot of rom-coms take place in new york city i feel like mm-hmm. um more so yeah. than i guess all- they're like the city's
0: rough so we need some softness <laughs> But you could still
1: find love in a rough city <laughs> yeah yeah honestly like it does give me hope. I'm like, I want to find love in this rough <laughs> city. Like, hey, those characters could do it. Yeah.
0: Yeah, if they can do it, anyone can. <laughs> but yeah, it was a good movie. Nick Cage's yeah. performance aside, I really enjoyed it. But I had a hard time getting past that.
1: that's <laughs> just... Uh, <laughs> That's probably a matter of taste at this point. It's like, oh I yeah, you like so. know. Yeah. yeah. It's it's Cher's story. It's mm-hmm. it's everyone's story. It's also right. Cher's story. So Yeah. Yeah, and Cher killed and it. It's so. very honest. It's yeah, yeah. And yep. it's honest yeah, it in all all of its ways. So that's what makes it. Oh, special. the scene
0: when they are at the opera though, and Cher sees her father there. I love that discussion where they're like did I see you? I don't know if I saw you.
1: That was good. <laughs> yeah, were both yeah like, it wasn't like a big confrontation. We don't know what the story is. <laughs> yeah,
0: it was just exactly. like. Exactly. I don't want other people to know I was here with this person because we're both doing something we shouldn't be doing. So I don't know if I saw you.
1: <laughs> I, I love that. Yeah, because you expect a big confrontation like, what the fuck, mm-hmm. right? But mm-hmm. in reality, if you think about it, it's like, I need time to process that, right? And so mm-hmm. it's like, Okay, bye. And then maybe yeah. later. And you're yeah, at a place later. that
0: you dressed up to go. Like it's not a venue for a big blow up either. Even if they, even if the characters had wanted it, it's not the ta- it's not the time or
1: place. Yeah.
0: So yeah.
1: So I thought that was beautifully done. Just a really beautifully done movie all around.
0: So. Yeah, I enjoyed it.
1: Minus McNick Cage for you, although I didn't <laughs> mind him. So <laughs>
0: okay. It's <laughs> <laughs> like I'm probably the only one who's like meh to him but I have harsh opinions when it comes to I don't want to finish my sentence because I don't want to be insulting so
1: no <laughs> so, no I just men I, in general I, I think I know <laughs> like, I can, I can just read your mind and I,
0: <laughs> <laughs> yes
1: yeah I, yeah and I think that's fair I think that's fair
0: yeah. mm-hmm. <laughs> do you want to run through this list of uh, tropes that we see in movies From Bustle
1: Yeah yeah um, I have a few Things to say about that too Because um, okay. as part of the research A lot of it was reading articles About all the romantic mm-hmm. comedy Tropes and after mm-hmm. a while I mean let's just start reading them And okay, like yeah Cool you, you want to start uh, Sure it's on the Bustle list
0: Yeah it's titled 34 okay. things that happen in every Single romantic comedy ever you cool. cite your sources. Uh, <laughs> yes. Sources
1: are always important. They are always very yeah. important because yep. Especially um
0: yeah.
1: yeah While you put find- up,
0: uh, I'll put the the caveat that like these are obviously done more frequently in like heterosexual rom-coms because that's what we primarily see on the big screen and it'd be interesting yes. to see as films become more diverse and like what we see on the big screen changes a little bit, evolves a little bit if um they keep these same tropes up.
1: Yes, it would be yeah, just I yeah, um piggybacking on that disclaimer of how this is really focused on mainstream American Oh, it's also comedy. in
0: what I sent you if you if that's easier to pull up.
1: Oh, right. right. Uh, But yeah, also focusing on the mainstream romantic comedies, it's like, Mm -hmm. since we are doing that, and -hmm. they do, they are heterosexual love stories between two white people, essentially. Like, Mm -hmm. I would say 95% of them are, and... You know, in
0: Isn't It Romantic, it surprised me that that was still the case, because they're poking fun at all those tropes, and they still, it's like Liam Hemsworth is the... Is it Liam Hemsworth?
1: Yeah, Hemsworth. yeah, it's Liam Hemsworth and Rebel Wilson. So,
0: mm-hmm. It's, it's like, okay, still, well, that's and, still the same.
1: Yeah, and her best friend who who's in love with her is also a white male, which is mm-hmm. okay, so it's like, all right. <laughs> but, um, yeah, when it comes, yeah, it's all heterosexual for the most, yeah, heterosexual romantic comedies, mm-hmm. and it would be, representation is coming i'm always optimistic about that i always feel like history sides with progress and we're just on our way there i mean it's more uh representations a lot more prevalent in tv these days um yeah i've noticed that too yeah yeah i don't know if it's just because it's not that it's easier to make tv shows but Mm -hmm. i think since there's more venues to create mainstream TV shows now and also I think the format of storytelling to have long form storytelling to tell a story like that is important as well because you want to get you want to encompass the world and sometimes the world that you're in and sometimes you need more than an hour and a half or two hours to do that Mm -hmm. so that's why I think TV is perfect for that kind of storytelling as well and then as the artists who are representing the under the underserved the underrepresented on screen the writers and directors as they are fine-tuning that voice I find mm-hmm. that sometimes okay you need time to like like for example you need time to turn a long email into a short email right if you like when you start it's, a, it's a, like I used to work the, the edits to make it to make it brief
0: and sweet
1: yeah, it takes forever <laughs> yeah. to write a short email, but to write a long email, mm-hmm. you could just let yourself write a long email, right? Uh, yeah. But just keep going. Yeah, you just have to keep. <laughs> work. Yeah, but then you realize, okay, here's the like, here's the story I want to tell with this email. I find that's mm. probably where we're heading from TV into film when it comes to these mm. underrepresented stories, so to speak. So it's just nice to have the format of TV to really bring in all the elements you want to bring in to build your mm. world okay, now we work on compressing that into an hour and a half to bring to a movie script, which hopefully a studio will back and bring to the big right. screen. <laughs> I, know.
0: I wonder if it's also part of TV having so much competition, like there's YouTube shows and Hulu's original and Amazon original and Netflix original now that you kind of have to embrace different and more unique stories to, to capture an audience Where With film, we're still like, we have this $100 million budget and it has to go to an audience we know will sell, which means we have to cast these people that we know make money. And it's this very strict, really irritating formula so that new content is harder to
1: burst through. In film, yeah. It's, yeah, it is frustrating to see (laughs) the movies coming out every year having the same people in it. (laughs) Yeah,
0: And like... I grew up loving superhero content, and as an adult, I'm sick of it. I'm sick of seeing, like, three Marvel movies each year. Why can't I have something slightly different? Yeah. Or at least, like, the She-Hulk or someone cool that's not Captain America.
1: (laughs) Why have we had three Spider-Mans also?
0: (laughs) I don't know. Why are we remaking things, like like, every decade when... I feel like remakes used to be a few decades apart, and now it's just like, oh, we haven't done that for seven years. Let's do it again. I know. It's disrespectful.
1: I think it's just disrespectful.
0: It's annoying. I hate it. Yep. Like, they this make- is not going to help me get a job
1: in the industry. <laughs> I- <laughs> like, I hate it. Watch yeah. the next Spider-Man movies cast, you'll be like,
0: oh, I love this. <laughs> you know? But yeah, you're no, like, I'm kidding. We heard that podcast? No.
1: <laughs> but yeah, I, I mean... Those movies do still make money at the end of the day, though. So um, mm. to the audience listening, just a reminder, speak with your wallets, you know? Mm-hmm. If, I mean, yeah, I'm curious to see the Spider-Man movies, too. Maybe I'll watch it when it's on Netflix or a streaming service that I'm already right. paying a subscription for. Or maybe I'll illegally download other movies so they don't get their <laughs> money. I mean,
0: that's, that's well, They've thing. also proven that, like, women will support, like, more female-led franchises and... And, uh, films that come out but I don't know why like studios don't they must understand so I assume that they just don't care because if they see like the data of what audiences will spend their money on then you can diversify because you see that your audience will support a diverse or slightly different group of movies than you're currently putting
1: out but I'm no CEO so <laughs> And that's the thing, like all the <laughs> producers, who's at the producing table also, right? I mean, mm-hmm. we do have more yeah. women and people of color producing um, at the big studios. I, I think it's it's more independent studios, so I think the big yeah. studios are still a boys club in a lot of ways, mm-hmm. um, and the women who are there, it's it's just, it's going to take some time. It just takes mm-hmm. time. It Plus, it's hard to-, to be the lone person who's
0: like, Psst, what do you think about trying... Something different, you know. When there's eight people looking back exactly. at you, going no, yeah. All right, so yeah. back to <laughs> back to yeah. our tropes versus cliches. The list, yes. <laughs> <laughs> like, now we'll get off one. our little rant. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, the um, airport. Number one, yes. Airport confrontations, usually running through to catch the love of one's life before they're gone forever. Yep. Which I feel like is in, I don't know,
0: eighty percent of rom coms. It seems like, it seems like from the eighties to like two thousand ten, it was a very uh, commonly used device.
1: Yes. I mean, we see it in Love, Actually. We see it in How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days. We see it mm-hmm. in that movie Only You with Marissa Tomei and Robert Downey Jr.
0: I have not seen that.
1: Oh, that's... That's <laughs> <a> <laughs>
0: um, but long story I love short, Marissa Tomei. Yes,
1: yes. Basically, she believes, like, oh a Ouija board saying the love of her life is this Damien guy. So she follows him to Italy when they're adults because she hears his name in an airport speaker. Follows him to oh, Italy. Wow. Robert Downey Jr. meets her, falls in love with her, but he pretends to be Damien because he's not Damien. But right. <laughs> yeah. So it's <laughs> another trope of fault like everything being a lie, essentially. Yep. <laughs> yes.
0: Which I don't know why we we accept that. We're like, yeah, sure, if, if a stranger lied to me, like if I found out the partner I live with is not who he says he is, I would be really upset and would not want to live with him anymore. Exactly, because I'd be like, "You lied to me for years."
1: I know it's like <laughs> a level of trust, and you're like, "I can't trust you again." I think with the but in movies, trope, we're like, "Oh, romantic." I know, right? It's oh, <laughs> and for- forgiveness, so you could be the better person. It's like, "Oh, yeah. hell no, he still lied." Right. I can like, forgive him. I don't him. Even know
0: who that person was. I know. <laughs> yeah. But
1: yeah, the yeah. airport trope. Um. I think as a storytelling device, it adds the sense of urgency and, uh, like, mm-hmm. a big swell of dramatic, you have to have a dramatic climax, right. which I do want to throw in that the idea of a climax and then a dynamo is a very male form of storytelling, if mm-hmm. that makes sense, whereas a female mm-hmm. form of story- storytelling is more cyclical. Uh, mm-hmm. But uh, that's a whole other whole other discussion. I mean, think about it. I mean, this is obviously all relating to sex, but you have a build-up, build-up, build-up to a climax, and then Mm -hmm. a little after moment. And then it's over, nice and sweet. That's how men (laughs) experience sex, whereas women, it's like, Mm -hmm. I I don't even know how to describe it in words. I'm just showing you how my hand's moving right now. (laughs) Just a a circle.
0: (laughs) But I guess it's more like the ocean. It's like waves and not just one giant wave
1: yeah exactly thank you thank you for like reading the, my hand it's motion. like
0: the, the simplest way yeah to to boil that down did only you also have stuffing one's face with ice cream because of
1: sadness I, or heartbreak I, I, I recall some form of indulgence happening because of that <laughs> <Possibly>. <laughs> that's
0: really funny what what else did i recently watch that was newer you know, when I was writing that list of, like, all of these rom-coms, writing, I was copy-pasting that list from, like, three different websites, I <laughs> couldn't, hey, that's I writing. was like, oh my gosh, I've seen so many of these and I've just forgotten them, that, like, I couldn't comprehend how many there are and how many I've seen and just, like, oh, I vaguely remember seeing that. Yeah,
1: like, I guess, what, the details what do you are remember unlucky. from the ones you've seen, though? You, you know what I mean? Like, what are the points that you remember from the ones you've seen years ago?
0: Well, one of my favorites is 10 Things I Hate About You. Yeah. Ah, yes. I don't remember there being any snacks in there, though. Or, like, binge eating ice cream.
1: He buys her a guitar. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's, like, a form of indulgence. I mean, in like,
0: right. she gets drunk at a party and like maybe that's so oh, yeah she's upset but not qu- not quite the stereotype or the trope that we're looking for but he does do the grand gesture
1: which is one of our for sure tropes which is why we
0: we're all like oh my gosh he's so dreamy
1: yeah it's i want funny. someone to
0: sing to me on the bleachers
1: <laughs> it's funny if that were to happen to me now i'd be like this man's crazy Like... I'd be
0: mortified.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I I think grand gestures are not a good thing in real life relationships, Mm -hmm. to be honest. Um, Same
0: with those, like, when I see those proposal videos on YouTube where they're at some baseball game or something, it's like, even if I wanted to say yes, my mouth would say no because I don't know, like, I don't like what's happening and I don't like that the spot is on me now and that everyone, there's thousands of people expecting me to go along with it. Yeah. I just, like, I, I would just we like I have to leave I know
1: and <laughs> like... I feel like the grand gesture is more about the person doing the gesture than the person it's mm-hmm. for yeah look uh, how great I am exactly exactly and it's sort of it's a symptom of bipolarism you could argue so mm. it, yeah but that's a whole other discussion too <laughs> which... <laughs> but um it's like the guy who buys you all the nice things without you asking him. And he's like, but it's a grand gesture. It's to make me feel better when it, it's really a about him, but also kind of a personality disorder as well, mm-hmm. you know? So mm-hmm.
0: but
1: that's my opinion. <laughs> All opinions are my own. I am not a licensed <laughs> therapist, but <it's>... right. <laughs> if
0: you need one though, I hear they're doing teletherapy, which seems great right now.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I've been, I've, I'm a huge advocate for therapy. I will, say, and I've been going for over That's ten great. years now. And i been- we just
0: can't do it for other people right now.
1: Exactly, I can't. I can't do it for other people because I'm not a trained professional. But <laughs> like, if I go back to school for it, all right. Exactly, then I can give out therapeutic advice. Mm-hmm.
0: But from then, I'll be on a podcast. Like one of my patients has this plot device. No, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Like oh, it's not wrong if it. I
1: don't say their name, but you know.
0: You're right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Mr. B, he knows who he is. <laughs> um, the next one was making a huge mess on the way to sleeping together, and I did they do that in
1: Moonstruck? They, yeah, he flips over the table, uh, and, yeah, and then they,
0: <laughs> and then they copulate.
1: Yes. <laughs> I mean that's another it's like cause it's always dramatic to make a huge mess mm-hmm. of things, right? It, it's like right. um But what if you're someone that likes things tidy?
0: <laughs> like I like things neat and tidy and in their place. I would be so upset. I'd be like, why did you just break my candle holder?
1: Or like why'd you rip Not my Now there's glass. glass on the floor. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> 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 I, I
0: can't wear this again. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah, I, I think like, it's funny. Our society, like American culture, has this weird relationship with sex, and I think that the awkwardness of sex itself is probably translated into those scenes and movies. Mm-hmm. The awkwardness of the leading up to it, as opposed to the awkwardness of the act itself um but you can't show that on movie screen because like <laughs> and it's funny isn't it romantic makes fun of that um, she mm-hmm. they, they're about to like sleep together then she wakes up and it's the next movie. right she's like yep. oh shit that's I didn't what happened
0: that. yeah yeah
1: you just black out that's all exactly exactly <laughs> and you Time like skips, or you're having sex with your bra on i mean <laughs> it's
0: like <laughs> mm-hmm. fully under the blankets everything's Copacetic and prim
1: and proper. Yeah, I mean you don't wanna you don't wanna offend, otherwise people won't pay money to see the movie. <laughs> <You
0: know? laughs> Which is interesting because in action movies there's like unnecessary titillation solely to titillate, but then in a movie about like love and romance, it's taboo. Yeah.
1: And I do wonder why. It's like, I mean, in action movies, what's the point of the nudity and the titillation? Sorry. It, it, <laughs> I, I hate saying that word because it feels so dirty to me. But I
0: know. <laughs> titillation, I like it. It makes me laugh.
1: Uh, well, I guess it, everything does. Because in action movies, the point of it is to objectify the female body. Sorry, mm-hmm. but like that's the point of it. Whereas in a romantic movie. It's, oh,
0: is it because they are, like, men see action movies, so this is for them, and, like, women see rom-com, so... And
1: we don't want to teach women how to appreciate this. their bodies, because God forbid. <laughs> yeah. but, um, That's probably more it. Like, we don't, we don't need them to know it can be a good time. Well, you know, Blue Valentine, the movie with Michelle Williams and Ryan Gosling, there's a scene where he's pleasuring her. And I remember reading how mm-hmm. they the ratings guild wanted to give the movie an NC-17 because of that scene where he's going down on her. Oh, wow. And she's enjoying Yeah. It. But you don't see anything. Like, it's you don't see But she's see just anything. having a good time. Right. Yeah.
0: The problem is that she enjoyed herself. <laughs> and NC-17!
1: Kids under 17 cannot <laughs> see women it enjoying on herself. <laughs> it's such bullshit. Whereas, mm-hmm. yeah. But, um... Just pointing that out for the audience listening, just so just so you know. (laughs) You can enjoy yourself. It's okay. Yeah. It's um it's just a threat when a female does it because men don't know how to do it most of the time. (laughs) Men don't you know? It's true. Yep. (laughs) Just saying, just saying.
0: (laughs) Like there's Google, there's Reddit. You can learn.
1: There's a lot of sources out there. The internet is a wealth is like a tr- is. There's a wealth of knowledge yeah. in the internet, kids. Yes.
0: Good and bad. So I guess be careful.
1: Yes. Yeah, so when you see <laughs> when you Google something on the internet, double Google it. So.
0: Yeah. <laughs> oh man. Um, next on the list was pathetic and needy best friend, which I couldn't really think of anything that had that. I felt like. The person who seemed more pathetic was usually one of the leads.
1: Yeah, I would agree there. Um, the best friend, I feel like I, I didn't really see a move. well, I will say Hitch, maybe. The Will Smith mm. Ava Mendez movie, um, the best yeah. friend is always having trouble dating, but I wouldn't have I wouldn't call her needy in any sense or pathetic. Yeah. Like they don't take away from the lead story. Right. Know, it's not thithered. like
0: they're not taking them away from dates because they're so in need of attention or whatever.
1: Yeah, they're there to listen yeah. to the leads and give them advice and be a sounding act as a foil. Yeah, you know, all, mm-hmm. all those. other films.
0: best friend roles are the cynical best friend, which I feel like I have seen a lot. The gay but I best friend. In yeah, the gay best friend is big, too. That's, like, everywhere. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't know when it started and why that was deemed a great idea. Or was well, it, like, we need diversity, so we'll throw, we'll make
1: that character the stereotypical Kay. gay character? That could be it. Um, okay. Also, the gay best friend isn't a threat to the male lead. And isn't in competition uh, with the female, and God mm-hmm. forbid a healthy female friendship is portrayed on screen. I mean, <laughs> you know what I mean?
0: Yeah, that's so. true. <laughs> We're always in competition with each other. That's just
1: how it goes. Exactly. So, I think that's just another lazy cliche. Honestly, I love, I, mm-hmm. I love my, I love the gay male and female population. I love uh, it, it. It's they do need more representation on screen. They also Mm -hmm. deserve better than being relegated
0: to a best friend in romantic comedies, so. -hmm. For sure. We talked a little bit about the B-plot couple. Um, According to Bustle, though, it's more like people who are working to make the main couple work out. But I feel like it can also work in the case of, like, Moonstruck, where it is just, like, another couple who's... Storyline, you can kind of compare. I don't think yeah. that's necessarily a cliche. I think it's just like, well, we see the difference in these two. Um, yeah.
1: It's a storytelling device but, more so.
0: Yeah. I think it's the friends in When Harry Met Sally that would be more in line with like what Bustle is claiming.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I'd agree there. Because I, I think the first thing I think of is set it up where the story mm, is the mm-hmm. two leads setting up the mm-hmm. side couple. Uh, Lucy Loon Taye That's a great movie, by the way. I really enjoyed that movie. <laughs> Set it up. <laughs> I had fun watching it. Um, <laughs> but yeah, that's... Um, but yeah, usually it's more so a storytelling device to like have something to compare mm-hmm. the main couple to.
0: Because otherwise, like they would have nothing to do with each other.
1: Yeah. Yeah, and there's no context for the relationship story you're telling. Mm-hmm. So
0: to speak too. yeah and then there's the cinderella fantasy which we've seen everywhere i think
1: uh yeah it, even yeah the makeover fantasy is kind of cinderella fantasy as well and mm-hmm. it's just that like frustrates me so much is it um is it
0: she's the man where another freddie prince jr movie
1: oh she's all that where the, she's all that she has. She's a the man is the
0: Amanda Bynes one,
1: which is that's a great movie, the Amanda Bynes. That movie. is a good
0: one. Yeah. but she's all that. Like, I think when I watched that, maybe the second time, I realized like they're just taking off her glasses,
1: and that's her makeover. Yeah, and taking her hair down from a ponytail. <laughs> I mean, and yeah. plucking her eyebrows. Seriously, <laughs> but what pisses like, okay. me off about movies like that too is after the makeover. They still look good. And I'm like, mm-hmm. it takes time to look good in the morning. And if these characters were who they say they were before the makeover, they're not they gonna the like... awful in the morning. Exactly. It, <laughs> <laughs> so it's that's also what pisses me off about those movies, how they continue to look good after the makeover. It's like, no, there's you know, a certain level of maintenance required, and if the characters are supposedly don't care about that. why are they they still looking good after the makeover, you know, so. Is Mia Thermopolis
0: in, what is the movie that... Princess Diaries? Yes. Did she care about her looks after the makeover? Or was that just kind of
1: like, oh, well, cool. I think with that movie, she got more attention because of her looks. Mm -hmm. And I think... In the context of being a teenage girl, when you're discovering that sort of thing, right, right. it's yeah. a bit of a seduction, right? To I mean, like, I
0: had hair like her before all the time. I still do. It's frizzy central.
1: <laughs> so
0: I was like, what's wrong with that?
1: <laughs> <laughs> See, I but... wish I had curly hair. I find that it's like nice to be able to have it be like super curly ringlets and then straighten it when you want to, you know? It's harder to go yeah, from straight. Yeah, I'm too here. lazy to
0: straighten it. But, <laughs> so,
1: but, I mean, it's nice to have options. It is, for sure. Yeah. And, yeah, the whole makeover thing, it's just who's it for and why, you know? Like, we mentioned right. before with Moonstruck, it was more forgivable because you felt like she was doing it for herself.
0: Mm-hmm. You know, But uh, I think most often it is used as, like, this character is not attractive enough for the male character we want her to fall for or we want him to fall for her and he's not gonna fall for like this mousy glasses wearing girl so let's turn it on its head and make her this bombshell or whatever
1: what what was it was it pretty in pink that where it was the guy falling for like the loser um shut like the like not the loser but the like in the high school circles they were considered losers The girl who wasn't conventionally pretty or it was sort of breakfast club too yeah that's what i was thinking but she still had to go over go through a makeover for the jock to fall in love with her in the breakfast club you know Mm -hmm. so it's so
0: oh there is one in that same vein where the girl is like a tomboy i think it's by the same i think it's by john hughes also
1: Oh, the one with Caroline um, Thompson, or Leia Thompson? Uh, I will
0: not remember her name, but some kind of wonderful. Yeah, yeah. Where, where she's definitely more of like this masculine-esque woman. I, they didn't really do a makeover, I don't think, but she, I think, did try to be somewhat pretty at one point, and was like, okay, well, this isn't working for me as a person.
1: Yeah, she's like, this is stupid.
0: <laughs> right, like, lip gloss isn't going to change my whole demeanor.
1: Yeah, and if it does get boys to like you, then it's not worth it, because they <laughs> honestly, no, seriously, so like, be, just be you. Be authentically mm-hmm. you, and you'll attract the person who will like the authentic you, you know? Mm-hmm. As yep. opposed to the person forcing themselves to put on makeup every morning. Yeah, I put mean, on you, makeup,
0: put on a persona.
1: Exactly. And people enjoy makeup. I know there are people who do enjoy putting mm-hmm. on makeup and playing with that, and that's fine, but also it's, if you don't like <laughs> it, don't do no, it. I'm it. kidding. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I speak as one of those people who doesn't enjoy makeup, so, as you can see from my TikTok face right, right. now. But, um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I have BB cream
0: and uh, usually like mascara, and that's the most I can commit to. That's me, like with a
1: full face. I was gonna say <laughs> mascara is like that's an intense makeup item to commit to, though mascara, because you gotta take it off and everything, and it's like it doesn't. I know, come off but it, it makes
0: a difference. It makes your eyes look bigger or something. I don't understand, but I like it. <laughs> that's yeah. when I commit to. Yeah, it is. <laughs> <laughs> um, another one is the undercover cutie. Um, Someone who Uh. infiltrates another world. This is like, I think, How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days, sort of. Yeah. Because they both lie to each other.
1: Yeah, same with Never Been Kissed. She infiltrates the high school
0: world. Really, that movie's got so many problems, but I love Drew Barrymore. (laughs) So I let them all slide. <laughs>
1: I know, right? It's like, ooh, this yeah. isn't good.
0: Like as you're right. watching like, it with that objective like, eye, he's a teacher and she's a high school student. Like it's not okay. Oh,
1: and where? Do, yeah. And seventeen-year-old girls do not. I, I don't know if they were dressed like those, like the popular girls in the movie. I don't know. I, I'm maybe I'm <laughs> out of touch <laughs> with teenagers now, but I'm just like, oh, does your mother right. know you dress like this? <laughs> <Does> <laughs> your... <laughs> like.
0: Yeah, I don't know, but yeah, that one, man, that's a good one, though.
1: Yeah, it is really. good. I think she
0: has a makeover in that too. When she like does prom, a like, Well, as an, ad- I don't know that it really counts as a makeover because it was like ten years later from her first prom to this prom, but.
1: Yeah, there is yeah, there's yeah, yeah there's a makeover element. in that one. Um, and oh, she's a man. Also, has the undercover. Uh, oh sure. yes. That's true. That was was based on a Shakespearean play, though. So I guess the idea of going undercover, right? Yeah. Yeah.
0: We're just stealing ideas. That's another one, though, is like we remake classic stories like Shakespeare because why? I know it's like all storytelling is theft to some point or some degree, but just try a little bit harder to like change something.
1: Yeah. Tweet something. It's like Romeo and Juliet going to West Side Story, right? West Side Story is Romeo and Juliet, but they added cultural relevance at the time Mm -hmm. and made it its own. So you don't really associate Romeo and Juliet with West Side
0: Story. You can see where it came from, but it does stand alone as its own story, it feels.
1: Yeah, because the human truth behind that is, yeah, sometimes there's going to be groups that are at opposition with each other, as we're seeing Mm -hmm. right now. Let's have a right. Romeo and Juliet with a Democrat and a Republican. I'd love that. But... <laughs> that would be amusing. That would be something Aaron Sorkin would write.
0: <laughs> and I feel like only Democrats would probably watch. I don't think Republicans would. They'd be like,
1: "That my daughter would never." Yeah. I, um, <laughs> I'm going to stop myself cuz it'll turn into yeah. another conversation. <laughs> We're like
0: not to get political, but uh, <laughs> um, the next one that's big is that big fight, breakup, falling out between two protagonists. Like Even in the movie I watched last night, Down to You, they kind of had that because the they were like a couple in their early college days and then their relationship starts to fall apart. One cheats on the other and then it's like a big fight, but it's an understandable big fight. It's not just like you leave socks on the floor all the time or something
1: that's true it is always a big fight isn't it Mm -hmm. and i'm looking over the list of the movies i watched and they all had that actually i'm yeah they've all had that it's weird Mm -hmm. i mean is it just a storytelling device do you think to like have some kind of drama happen Well, I was thinking about this because when
0: I was younger, I thought that, like, if you fought in a relationship, that meant that you're passionate, that, like, I care enough about you to have this big fight, but now that I'm older and, like, I'm in a relationship where I've never shouted, like, okay, it's not something that, like, proves anything if you have this big fight. It's just... To me, it's more of like, well, I guess it's like a personality thing, but I don't view it necessarily as healthy anymore where I used to.
1: Yeah, and I've been in those relationships where the big fight happens. And I hate to say it, but the big fights will keep happening if one happens, mm-hmm. you know. It, it's just, yeah. and then it's not good or healthy for either person, but um,
0: but it feels like, like I've seen it on TV or like I've seen adults do it in real life, so it must mean that it's normal and like that's what happens, you know?
1: Yeah. And it's like, okay, we had a big fight. Maybe if I just say I'm sorry, like they do in the movies, it'll all be okay. And it's like. Where I do a grand gesture. Oh, <laughs> my God. to normal. Yeah. Like, make I up don't... for that. Yeah.
0: That's When definitely... really it's like, yeah. now there's a seed of hate inside because how could you do that to me, you know?
1: I know. It's like, oh, it all goes away once all is forgiven. It's like,
0: mm-hmm.
1: I don't know about that. But it's nope. it's yeah it's a weird storytelling device I think I think that's a really weird storytelling device that deserves more questioning around it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah. I'm trying to think. I'm trying to think of a movie that doesn't have that. I mean Annie. Hall, I do think. Mm. Yeah, I was gonna say they ha- kind of have a fight. It's not a huge dramatic fight. But then they also don't end up together at the end. Spoiler alert! Right? But um, Yeah. <laughs> if you haven't seen it by now, no. <laughs> I, I was going to say, I with Woody Allen, fucking Woody Allen, man. Like, I, I really love Annie Hall. I really love that movie, and it's Diane mm-hmm. Keaton's movie. And Woody Allen just.
0: <sighs> I know why is he? Why is he the way that he
1: is? And that movie's from <laughs> 1978, right? Seventy-seven uh, or seventy-eight. Yeah. What's interesting is, I it was hard for me to think of other rom-coms from the 70s that have kind mm-hmm. of stood out as a classic.
0: Yeah, if, when I was looking up to, like, make social media posts, I found a lot from, like, the 40s, 50s, 60s, and then 80s, 90s, into the 2000s, but...
1: Yeah. And, I mean, I I mean ta- let's... I mean, I think that's interesting to point out, because I think... The role of the woman, quote unquote, was very mm-hmm. clear from the 40s, 50s, and then the sexual revolution happened in the 60s. Then mm-hmm. the 70s, probably men were confused. The men writing the movies were just fucking confused, like, oh. And then there the 80s
0: is a movie by I think it's by Anya Varda and it's called like Lions Love or something. And that yeah. was I think from the 70s or late 60s, and I remember watching that. It's not a rom-com, I don't think necessarily, but it's like definitely a dramedy that has like romance and this more open sexualness. And I, when I saw it, I was like, "Whoa, this is a completely different type of movie than I've ever seen before." After check that um, clearly, out. Yeah, it's really good. I don't know where you can watch it now. I don't know how I watched it when I was in college, but.
1: Because Blockbuster Video was still around, probably, right? <laughs> probably. Was, was it? <laughs> and, and you could go to I'm the video sure store and be like, here's an obscure movie that I can easily watch.
0: But yeah, I think you probably have a point there that it's like so, so, what was like popular in society at that time was more liberated women. So the movies would reflect that, I would imagine.
1: Mm-hmm. And then the and 80s then saw a different rise. people are
0: elected and things go back
1: to normal yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to yeah, I quote think the, unquote normal the 80s saw a rise of women in the workforce which is when all those career oriented mm, uh, rom-coms mm-hmm. started coming out right? although the exception yeah. is His Girl Friday
0: yes that was interesting where- 1940 I think just 1940 um, that was really interesting I think you could argue that there's no big fight in that except that they're basically fighting the whole time
1: yeah yeah it's it's all zingers (laughs) so it's
0: like yeah so it's like yeah sure there's no like big fight but they are at each other's throats for a lot of it but yeah i think i think that that is an interesting
1: movie I, i think yeah i do think that movie is interesting for a lot of reasons uh she's a career woman in her own right uh, good at what she does she has equal footing mm-hmm. with the man although behind the scenes she had uh, the actress had a writer help her write some of the dialogue so she could come up with it to like because the men oh. had yeah so she would be able to improvise because the men had better dialogue that's cool like in the original script and she was like fuck that like i'm gonna bring my own dialogue to mm-hmm. this. i like that that's great yeah
0: i like that a lot i but- did like that um she knew the kind of scams because she had worked with them that they were they would pull on her like fiance, and I liked that she could be one step ahead of them because she had been familiar with them. yeah, oh, that was a neat uh thing to include in the movie um so many of these are probably not worth mentioning. I think one other one that I would like to mention or two more actually are the hot mess. Uh, like, the main character is a hot mess of a person, and love seems to somehow fix her. Like, Bridget Jones' Diary, and
1: where else has someone been a mess? Um, I want to bring up Isn't It Romantic, because she's kind of a mess at the beginning, mm-hmm, but then, mm-hmm. but the with that movie, it's about her figuring out she needs to love herself first, right
0: but it's still i guess like train wreck she's a hot mess oh i never saw that one
1: actually oh.
0: Oh. yeah i think she is but i don't think like romance fixes her and i think that's one of the reasons why i liked it was like she's kind of a nightmare i think also bridesmaids they were A lot of them were hot messes.
1: Oh, for sure, for sure, and I love bridesmaids. I, I, me too. I I think it's more of a buddy comedy than romantic comedy. Yeah, I think so too. Although it was nice. Yeah, she
0: ends up with a guy in the end, but it's not about that. It's about friendship first.
1: Yeah, which that's what I love about that movie so much. But, But also, I mean, kind of part of the hot mess thing is having the lead character be clumsy, right? Which Or something happens that. Which is
0: another of its own tropes is, oh, I'm, which is a romantic did, right? When she's like, why am I suddenly like tripping over everything? And. And handsome (laughs) men are catching
1: me. Oh. Yeah, Yeah,
0: that was really funny. And when she's trying to curse and a horn happens to honk at the same time, that was great. I know.
1: This is a really funny movie. I fell
0: asleep during that movie, though, so I don't know what happened in the last 30
1: minutes, and I never went back to finish it. I I will say, I mean, the movie, it had a gimmick. I don't feel like it kind of found the truth beyond the gimmick. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So, yeah. uh, It was entertaining to watch while I washed dishes Mm -hmm. and did household chores. But, like. Yes, I watched it on an airplane. (laughs) Yeah, I know. (laughs) But, um, I was like, oh,
0: it's a good plane movie for sure.
1: But I was wondering, okay, it's a movie that's aware of all the romantic comedy cliches. Mm -hmm. And yeah, we like to make fun of them, but why is the movie not hitting me in a way that some of the movies with cliches do, you know? So, Mm -hmm. um, yeah. It's like, I guess, sometimes you forgive the cliches when you find the truth, right? Mm
0: Mm-hmm
1: as we mentioned before, but also right. we make fun of the cliches, but maybe deep down we we love them because it's a way of simplifying the world around us, right? Or or the tropes maybe. Not the cliches that are offensive, yeah. but uh right, right. maybe the tropes are something we hold on to because sometimes we want a simple like Yeah. Story. I think also with
0: comedy like the best comedies are the ones that like I've rewatched a hundred times, even if they're super silly, like Tommy Boy. You uh, know, it's because there there is humanity in all that silliness. And I think maybe that's what Isn't It Romantic didn't quite get, is that, like, they're not fully fleshed humans on their own. They're focusing more on making fun of these tropes and not, like, embracing the characters that are going through these motions. Yeah. Yeah. And the other one I wanted to touch to touch on was the tameable shrew the independent gal who falls for someone who's basically just annoying the crap out of them because when I was younger I felt like a man must really love you if he goes through all these links and like stalks you basically you know and is like going to the 11th degree to show you how much they care but in real life if someone did that to me I would get a restraining order. And I would not be flattered at all. But it's interesting when you watch movies like that, you're like, oh, yeah, like, it's so sweet. Having like, uh, John Cusack outside your window at the moon like, yes. I would yeah, be mad like, about oh, it's that. So... <laughs> I'd be like, why are you waking me up? Why are you disturbing me? I just want to, like, chill at home and not think someone's going to pop up out of nowhere.
1: Like, say, yeah. let me love you. <laughs> it's funny. I would say the first two episodes of the TV series You... With um mm-hmm. it kind of makes fun of that. It's like, yeah, he's doing all the things that people might think are romantic, but he's a stalker and a murderer.
0: <laughs> like, right.
1: Yeah, Penn Badgley. Yes. Uh
0: but And guess, those
1: cheekbones though. But yeah, I, I guess it's funny because when I was reading all those lists of tropes and everything, I was like, we know this. We we all mm-hmm. know these things, but A, where did they come from in the first place? Which I think is, I mean, I feel like the evolution of, uh, slightly long tangent, but I mean, the beginning of modern drama started with the Greeks, right? And you had your archetypes Mm -hmm. in Greek theater. And as, while some of them hold true today, it's also like those archetypes were born from what they observed in humanity at the time. But you have to trust that human consciousness is evolving and storytelling is evolving along with it. Whether it's slower or not, it may be at a slower pace than the evolution of human consciousness. So, new tropes have to be born at some point, right? Yes,
0: especially as people grow and change and society changes and grows. Like, what used to work can't work if we become more progressive or more inclusive or whatever.
1: Exactly. And then the cliches kind of fall away as those Mm -hmm. tropes start to lose their heat, so to speak. And with... um, shoot, what was that movie we were just talking about? Uh, Say Anything? Yeah, yeah. With Isn't it romantic? Yeah, Say Anything and Isn't It Romantic. It's just like... I I guess... I, I mean, I guess... It's one of those things where in the 80s, I mean, women started working, so they started they start to be seen as more of a threat or harder to figure out, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Um, so having to stalk the woman or having to have these cliches of the woman being clumsy, endearingly clumsy, or having some kind of flaw, or as in the American president, she insults him when they first meet and she's super apologetic even though she likes, Um, she's speaking about something she's passionate about, but then she has to apologize mm -hmm. for it, which hit me the wrong way. I'm like, no, but that president shows up while I'm bashing his policy. I'm gonna keep talking and be like, hey, asshole. (laughs) Like, Like, (laughs) this
0: is reality. You need to get a better policy.
1: Yeah, so I wonder if those storytelling devices, which were mostly written by men, were just a way to like, make the women more relatable to them. You know what Mm -hmm. I mean? Or easier to Mm -hmm. crack just because well because
0: strong women are intimidating so there has to be something wrong with them
1: yeah although on the flip side of that i will say the movie hitch yes there was a scene where Ava mendez's character i was like oh my god chill out like at the (laughs) speed dating scene yeah like i wanted to shout at her i'm like he actually is trying to like find something genuine and you have like you're just like constantly right. hammering on him so it is a two way street in mm-hmm. a lot of cases but also like when we see movies that have been mostly written by men and have had men at behind the storytelling that's why we're seeing a lot of these tropes that we're kind of poking fun at but also accepting in a weird way too so
0: I'm gonna say thank you for listening to this one and yeah it's part one so part two will come the following week with
1: marissa oh my god will i be sober <laughs> tune in next week and find <laughs> out <laughs> <laughs>